Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is the Curious Anarchy podcast, back once again with another episode of Curious Muse. And I'm here with my guest, Mark. Mark, are you there? I am here. I want to let the uh, listeners know that for the first time in the history of this podcast, the co-hosts met finally last night in person. Um, So you're... You're having the first live recording since that happened. It's a historic moment. <laughs> it is indeed. It is indeed. Um, I think you'll be able to uh, check out a, uh, a picture on the Twitter um, of the three of us, Shiloh, myself and Mark. What a wonderful, joyous occasion it was. And what a wonderful day it was, too, in terms of the weather that is. However, yeah, for real. we've got other news. Mark. Let's take it away. Yeah, um, I want to start with something that's that's that they've been saying since last February would never happen. It's finally happening, which is that they are making it compulsory for people that work in care homes to have had the virus uh, vaccination injections. Wow. Yeah. Now, on the on the face of it, that sounds a sensible thing because you work with very vulnerable people, and obviously you wouldn't want people. Uh, contracting the illness from the carers who go in to help. So on the face of it, that makes sense. However, the largest amount of old people dying in any country in Europe happened in this country because the government did not put checks in place before they took the old people from hospitals into care homes. There's an investigation going on by the government, on the government, so God knows where that's going to go. But I'm saying we lost a lot of old people because of negligence by this government. So A, that's happened. And then B, now they're saying you have to have you have to have a jab or you will actually literally lose your job. Oh, I wow. find Orwellian on two different levels. It's like 1984 on two different levels. Totally. Like you have no choice in that. What do you do? You You've... You've studied for how many years, gone into this role, maybe been there for 10, 15, well, I, I, 20 years, maybe just a couple. But now, I'd, I'd being told, you if that, you don't take this, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, I'd suggest most people working in care homes do it because you don't have to study generally. It's, it's you know, actually caring, like a, as if you would for your own family. So, you know, most people do it because it's a level of job they can get without spending five years doing education. Or if they brought up a family and they want a job after that sort of thing. But I'm sure it's they, an, they've brought in some measures. Yeah, yeah, in-house training and things, yeah. But I'm saying, generally speaking, I, I think the, the bigger issue is picking on a very easy target as the first people to forcibly, you know, make have the jab. Like, they, they're not saying to builders or to, um, I don't know, um, hospital workers. They're, they're picking on a very, very isolated target audience. Because um, they're not very, they don't get a chance to fraternise very much with each other because they're working on their individual homes. It's a very easy target, but it's so hypocritical of the government to have put old people's lives at risk and killed many, many old people, and then to say, then introduce this draconian measure. Mm-hmm. Horrendous behaviour. Horrendous behaviour. And while we're on the subject of horrendous behaviour, I just want to something I just glanced on just now, but it really made me angry. Uh, the newspapers are full of how corrupt the police are for this for this um, internal corruption within the police force. 
and they're right to do that. But where was all that indignation about the institutionalized racism? It's such double standards. It's ridiculous. Right. And this is the 21st century. What double standards is that? That you can say the police are full of corruption, which we knew, mm-hmm. but you don't mention that McPherson and everyone else has said it's full of institutionalized racism as well. Where's the where's the consistency? Where's the where's the in-depth analysis of the way that these organizations are running? Maybe right. racism is just a bit too specific. No. No, 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 I'm sorry. These are, are, are the result of inquiries. These are a result of, of years of investigations. It's not. It's not right. some specific thing. These are fundamental flaws in the organisation. And we also have the same thing with racism as well, as well as with corruption and other things that go on in the police. So how is it they've only found a means to identify corruption? Right. No, so what does corruption include? Corruption. No, no, that's also what I'm saying to you. That's what I'm saying to you. It's, it's no, been they... whitewashed. No, they, they, they found, they found they racism. Name, that's what it is. No, but they found racism, Jermaine. The McPherson report found racism, institutional racism in the police. It's been, it's been there as the end of a result of a of an inquiry for years. Who conducted this corruption report? Sorry, not the corruption report. The the report that revealed that there is corruption in the in the force. Well, you'd have to look into it, but it was it was a result of that um, a murderer got off because of ineptitude by the police by the way they, they mishandled the case right I don't spend long talking about because we've only got 10 minutes but I just think it's horrendous that in this day and age both the organisations and the press do not deal with this properly they do not take it as a serious thing it's, it's, it's disgusting it should be dealt with properly because you know these are people's lives at risk whole Agreed. families are being you know treated in a tremendously bad way Mm-hmm. It's not good enough. It's just not good enough. It's just I mean, really you talk about the hassle that Stephen Lawrence's mother got. Exactly, exactly that. Oh, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Another you know, piece of five. Another piece I'm of. Five. There's way more examples, but you know what? We we could stand here all day and list them all, and we'd still be here in twenty. Yeah, well, Jermaine, let's move on because we've only got four minutes, but it's disgusting. Um, <laughs> yet again, new government in Israel. Fixed. The right, the right wing of of Jewish people organise a march into Jerusalem just to wind up the Arabic community. The, the guard, people on the Gaza Strip let off incendiary devices into Israel. You know, they, it's all being pumped up again because there's a new government. It, it's there's a horrendous familiarity with this. It's you know, it's, it's like a repetition of of just very very negative behaviours instead of looking at what they have in common. What unites them? It just it's just deliberately winding things up on both sides. Horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Um, Jermaine, I, I wonder if you saw this story. I, was, I didn't see it at the time because we were trying to investigate this at the time. Um, but apparently, Greenpeace parachuted into the France-Germany game. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't because, hear about that at all. No, exactly. That's why I mentioned. The reason why I found out about it is because some people were injured because it, it didn't happen properly, like the paragliding where everything wasn't controlled fully. I don't know. It They they fell into some... Well, the debris got knocked onto the pitch and things, and people got... One person fell heavily and that sort of thing. Um, it was to do with one of the companies that's sponsoring... The Volkswagen, who are sponsoring the, the, one, the tournament. 
and to say that they um, they, they they do they should do much more to protect the environment. Mm-hmm. But I just thought I'd bring it up because I didn't see it very many places. I didn't see it widely reported, so I wanted it. I wanted it noted, duly noted. I don't know what's up. Any news on your mind, Jay? You know, you know, like I'm, I'm slightly torn about this Bitcoin thing in Iran and El Salvador. Um, I'm quite keen on the idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I saw something earlier this morning that said. You're not a real libertarian unless you've been speaking about um, Bitcoin and El Salvador. And I thought to myself, oh, that's quite cute. But then I'm thinking, I think that there's a reason why they're being taught. Like, who is Iran in the world? Who is El Salvador in the world? Yeah, well, true, absolutely. And why is it they are choosing to mine Bitcoin and not places like America? Or okay. Britain. I don't, I don't think they away. I don't think do, it would be allowed to go in those in the bigger countries because right. The, so the this banking, is my thinking. I think that yeah, it's yeah. it's basically the remote or the satellite um, mining for, it, other, it, for it, other countries. You're probably I right. But it feels to me like you know when they introduce something in football and they will put it in sort of like um, the Asian League first to see if it, or the third division of the league to see if it works and then introduce it somewhere else. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. feels like very much a trial in a country that don't care what happens to the economy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just want to quickly end up with the thing that uh, apparently uh, the American president and the Russian president are meeting, Biden and Putin are meeting today um, in Geneva. And um, Interesting. We just had the G7 and now that there's another meeting? Well, they weren't. Russia weren't part of the G7, so that's why there's another meeting. But but historically, uh, Biden and, and Russia haven't gone very well because he accused them of backing Trump in the last election, and, oh, yeah. and there was a lot of suggestion that there was a lot of um, uh, online. I don't know what you call it, manipulation, so that that, that Trump got in. So mm. there's a lot of things to be smoothed over between them. Because so. Is Biden about to become Putin's bitch? No, I think it's very the opposite. I think he, Biden wants to put draw a line in the sand, and I, I wonder how Putin's going to respond to that. But the other side of this is, well, those two pull each other's hair out. <laughs> um, China's, sitting, China's sitting there looking pretty. Ooh. Because this is going to involve trade wars and all sorts of things, and all sorts of, you know, if you don't scratch my back, I'm going to pull your eyes out, sort of stuff. And China's just sitting there going, hmm, carry on, you two. On you go. We're a minute over, Jermaine. I want to say no thank you for, for an amazing uh, meeting last night, an amazing pod this morning. So I uh, hope you have a lovely day and um hope everyone out there is safe, happy and well. Thank you so much for joining me, Mark. It's been uh, wonderful. It was a wonderful evening yesterday. It's been a wonderful morning and a wonderful morning delivering this podcast to our Curious Anarchy listeners along with you. Um, yeah, have a sunshiny day. Jermaine, I want to say to people, if they want to go and see that picture on Twitter, because at the moment, lots of really influential people are hitting us on Twitter. So please go and join in with that queue. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night.